You are listening to the Revolutionary Force in Professional Wrestling Podcast for over 20 years. Reviews, interviews, shoots, news, and opinions like no other. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ring Scoops. Hello, wrestling fans all around the world and coast to coast here in the good old U.S. of A. The Webmaster Wade Needham here, the Ring Scoops podcast. And we got a, uh, a different style of podcast this week. We're not going to be doing segments. We're not, not really going to have like the music interludes. We're not going to have a jukebox, no retro, uh, none of that good stuff. Uh, we're going straight to the point. This week on the Ring Scoops podcast, and it, it may not be as long as the usual podcast either. We're just going to come on and come good, <laughs> as they would say. Um, I've got Mac of all with me right now, and Mac, uh, there's something going on this week. Something strange in the neighborhood. Who are you going to call? We're going to call Mac of all. What's up, buddy? Thank you, and thank you to everyone who's listening. I don't talk like that. Thank you for uh, having <laughs> me on this show. Um, yeah, I just, you know, we we purposely did not have a conversation about anything that's been going on because we wanted it to be fresh on the air and we wanted this to be a situation where um, he hears a story for the first time. I say my feelings on it for the first time. And, uh, you know, this is very organic. So I'm just going to get right into it. Well, and apparently I, um, I, I missed out on like World War III, I guess I, I've been told. Yeah, you missed out on, you know, the naming of uh, another president. Oh, wait a <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually happening. I was um, in my bunker. That's what happened. No. <laughs> yeah, but um, you, um, I won't even say it's so a, I'm, I, listen. I'm old school, you old school in terms of like dealing with um, conversations from people in the IWC. Um, Nowadays, everybody's found the block button. Everybody blocks people very fast. I myself had to do that a couple of times just because I got stuff to do. I don't want to talk about the same thing all day. But back in the day, Yeah, but back in the day, like, we would war with people for days and sometimes weeks on end on message forums, not on, you know, uh, the Twitters or the Instagram, because it wasn't there. Yeah. It would be long, detailed messages going back and forth with people on message forums where everyone could see and everyone can chime in. And the admins of there would let you go at it with each other, like. So I'm used to going back and forth with people. Or but this was out of Or you can call in once a week on World Wrestling Radio Live on world-wrestling.net and get your grievances out. You could you can if you had problems like I had problems with people back in in the in the past where we would get on the on the, a radio show or in person. Mhm. And hammer it out. There, I had a problem with the guy um, a while back that I'm not going to say any names because I'm not giving them any promotion because they're not giving me any. Um, on a certain website that was very, very big. 
And I mean, we went back and forth in, in feuding shows, and he said a lot of racist comments. And uh, there was a show that I was doing, I was helped put on, it was a, a wrestling show. And they were like, is it okay if he shows up? I'm like, yeah, I don't have a problem with him. So he showed up and, you know, we squashed it right then and there. But nobody knew that we squashed. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this was this was real life. So anyway, let's talk about what the issue was. The issue was this. Um, first of all, everyone knows how critical I am on just professional wrestling, period. It doesn't matter what company it is. I think there's ways to make things better and improve and refine. That is what I use in a lot of my conversations with various trolls yesterday is improve and refine. And AEW is no different. AEW, in my opinion, to me, needs the most improvement and needs the most refinement out of all of the mainstream wrestling promotions. And the reason why I say that is very simple. Uh, Impact Wrestling has a roster of people that understand who their character is. They have a lot of veterans, right? Um, Guys that you've heard of, some guys that you haven't heard of, but a lot of them have been with Impact for quite some time, so they've created a name there. Case in point, a guy like Moose. Moose, you know, he was a character that I didn't really know too much about. But after watching him a few times, then I got his gimmick. But right off the bat, he knows how to present himself. He knows how to. He, he know. He knows who he is. So there was a segment that happened on AEW Dynamite, and this segment included Brandy Rose. And uh, some woman by the name of Jane. Now, mind you, and I kept telling people this, I don't know all of these independent wrestling darlings because I'm just not into the scene like I used to be. Now, back in the day, uh, mid-2000s, early 2000s, um, I was into it. I was getting all the ROH DVDs, you know, you know, seeing like... Uh, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryanson in the main event of Ring of Honor. Like, I've seen that. I've seen the first ever, uh, you know, match without honor, which I think was BJ Whitmer against a guy that I completely forget his name escapes me. So I was very heavy on the indie scene at the time and was very into it. I'm just not into it anymore. So when there's a new character that's presented to AEW, I know nothing about them. Because I'm not following them. I'm not following their career path. I don't know if they can work or not. I know nothing outside of that first impression. Same here. So apparently, um, Cody Rhodes, I guess we could call him that now, (laughs) and everyone's congratulating Cody. Actually, you should be thanking the WWE because they're the ones that just said, yeah, you know what, just go ahead and take the name. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't, (laughs) he didn't win a case they just let him have it. You know, they just said, you know what, go, we don't want it anymore. What are we going to do with the Cody Rhodes name? Nothing. Go ahead and take it. Why do we keep spending legal money and hours and all that to, to, to put together arguments to keep? No, go ahead and take it. We don't care. Screw it. Right? 
Yeah. So Cody Rhodes uh, was in the ring, and I guess he was kind of promo about losing the TNT Television Championship, which he just got back not too long ago, I thought. So, you know, I don't think that's really a smart booking move, but hey, who am I? Um, and that's, apparently so, that's been asked that on Twitter the last couple of days, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Who are you? Um, so out comes this woman, Jade, and she cuts a promo. And the promo she cuts, she talks about how Cody says that he's the big man around here, but he's not the real big man. The real big man is Shaq, as in Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, jeez. Now... Now the thing, did you even know about that? I I heard people saying that something, some rumblings about Shaq. I didn't know they they actually fucking said Shaq, like he's going to be in AEW. Um, yeah, I mean, and the reason why is is not because he's somebody that just saw the programming and was like, oh, okay, well, I want to be a part of this. No. He is a part of TNT. He has a contract with TNT. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, in fact, if you think about it, and those who remember, there was a segment um, on TNT where they had an AEW ring and everything set up, and Shaq was wrestling with um, Charles Barkley in the ring. Oh, I remember that because they kept referring to Jericho as a former WWE star, right? Right, right. And they kept saying, like, oh, well, you don't work there anymore? <laughs> oh, no, we don't, you know, we wanted to do, uh, you know, something different. and <laughs> want to do something, you know, like, he, he didn't bury the company, but, like, everyone can look at that interview. But anyway, Shaq is going to be there, and I think that's just basically because of the, the TNT higher-ups said, hey, Shaq, that would be cool if we can cross-promote you on the wrestling program. And that was, so, what, over a year ago, right? So it's taken them a whole year to get to this point? It's taken them a year, and, you know, not only is he facing who I think would be the wrong person to face, but, you know, he's going and doing this in AEW. We never got that match of... um, Big Show? Big Show versus Shaq. Yeah. We never got that, and I think that's something that would have been definitely uh, more surprising, entertaining, fun to see um, than what this Cody Rhodes thing is going to be. Um, oh, but anyway, yeah. she says she says Cody Rhodes the the chick says you know, congratulations on getting your, your name back. And she's getting heat on the guy. Getting heat. That's the whole thing. Get heat. Get heat. Get heat. She's getting heat on him. So out of the, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this loud screeching voice from the right. <laughs> and she comes screaming <laughs> you talking to my man like that (laughs) and i'm like yo what is going on first and foremost brandy rhodes has never cut a promo like this and guys if you haven't if you haven't heard me shoot sit back and relax because that's what's about to happen brandy rhodes has never been in a situation where she cut a promo as a black woman and I'm telling you this as a black man. This chick does not represent the black community. She does not come out there and she does not cut promos, act or behave as someone who is in love with her own race. And I'm being 
dead ass serious right now. If you look at how she acts compared to Bianca Belair, who acts more like their race? Exactly. So my whole thing is this. And again, I have no problem with people. You don't have to be street and urban. I'm not a street and urban guy all the time. I'm on the phone. I talk to the, to the webmaster. I goof around. And if somebody saw me in those type of environments, they would say, oh, wow, he's not really a super street black guy, is he? But the actuality is, is I'm both at the same time. And because I'm both at the same time, that encompasses who I am, which is McAvoy. That is me. You get both at the same time. This chick only shows one side of her because that's all she is, is a one-sided type of person. So for you to come out on stage and do a sister girl routine, which is girlfriend this and girlfriend that and girl bye. Not only did that piss me off from a standpoint of being a stereotypical type promo, not only did it seem forced, which a lot of people are saying because she never talks like this, the most important thing is that you're not getting heat. You're taking heat away from the woman that we have never seen before, never talked before, never heard before. And because of that, because of that standalone issue and me saying what I said, then this created World War Three. I just wanted to set the stage. Well, let's clarify it too. The tweet that you put out, the initial tweet that sparked it all, after I, everything that went down yesterday, finally saw it, did not contain the majority of what you had just said here. Your tweet was right at the very issue itself and nothing beyond the issue. And the issue at hand is that she took heat away from that woman. And that's where a lot of people took the issue with you on right. was your statement on that. I can only imagine right. what would have happened if you would have included everything else that you just said. It would have been World War Five, Six, Seven, Eight, Nine, and 10, I think, after that. Now, mind you, there's some people there that were on the board that said, hey, um, why is she acting black all of a sudden? Yeah, and I, I commented and I said, you can't act white one week and then black the next. And I just left that alone, but I didn't go deeper into it. Yeah. Right. So that's where the whole war started. And I had multiple people come to me with multiple arguments. The first argument that was brought up was, well, that's the best promo I've ever seen her cut. And you don't know, you don't know anything about, because I said that she buried the, the, the poor girl, which she did. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that when you come out for the first time and I see you for the first time and you're going to be a heel in this feud, I have to actually believe that you have a chance. You can't bury the chick on the first day and not have her say anything back. If they would have just booked it where this jade chick simply clocked her upside her head and left it, left the stage after Brandy said whatever she said, then now I would have no problem with it. 
Yeah, she should have the last say or the last uh, physical interaction, especially on a debut like that. Not only to keep the heat that she generated, but also to make you say, well, what's going to happen next week? Because now Brandy's got to respond. Cody's got to respond. And now you got to hook into tuning in the week later. Right, because you just completely... Not only did you cut a promo, you cut a promo saying, this is my stage, this is my arena, this is my husband, and you're a heifer. And she used the word heifer. <laughs> is, this a, is this a fat chick? No. Why was Even, she calling her a heifer then? Well, because it's black language. That is black slang. She said, she said something along the lines of, do not come unless I call for you which is a very classic line from a show called The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And she just used every black stereotypical thing that you could possibly use in that promo that I think people loved because they never heard it before. Yeah. But being a black man, I've heard this multiple. Because yeah, I, I hear the word heifer and I'm thinking fat chick. Because I always heard, I've always heard that in that context of like, oh, you fat fucking heifer or something. You know what I mean? And, the, and yeah, and then she called her ratchet, ratchet. Like she called her every. She called her a whore. She called her ratchet. She called her heifer. D- did she, she actually her call her a, a whore? Because I know that that word was brought up yesterday in the tweets that I saw. And when I watched the video, like I didn't hear the word whore unless I just didn't tune into it. But I believe, I believe she called her a whore. I mean, she may have wow. not. But I mean the name the name <laughs> calling somebody ratchet. I don't know if you know what ratchet means. Do you know what ratchet means? I don't, but I, I'm just making the assumption that it was probably something that would sound like it come out of Don Imus's mouth, maybe. Ratchet means someone that is extremely ghetto. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I would be correct in my assumption that it was something that. Yeah, that would. Yeah, yeah. him, Don Imus saying nappy headed hoes, basically <laughs> the same, within the same vein that Brandy was cutting her promo in last year. I guess night. I kind of dated agree. myself there because that happened like, what, 2002, 2003 when he said that? Yeah, and again, yeah. I'm not, I don't agree with anything that Don Imus said. I'm just saying that that's the vein of the promo that well, Brandy yeah. cut. Yeah. So, so. The whole the whole thing that, that really pissed me off is when I was saying that she buried the girl, yeah. people said that I don't know what bury means. Oh fuck. <laughs> You're a kid. You don't know what burying means. How dare you? Uh, you you never seen Barry. I Let laughed just, at that this... though when that dude tried to call you a kid. I'm like, oh shit, man. Dude don't yes. know one fucking one iota about you. So so this is the thing. Yeah. Just so everyone understands out there, bury, burying somebody doesn't mean someone losing a match every week. Just so you know that. Mm-hmm. You can bury people in numerous ways without them ever having. Case in point, Triple H buried Chris Masters with one line. Chris Masters lost a lot of weight. He came back to the WWE and he said, um, I'm thinking about making my own workout book. And then Triple H says, what? How to lose 30 pounds in a week? No, and that man. was bearing Chris Masters. Yeah. Billy Gunn said in the middle of the ring during the DX Hall of Fame induction ceremony 
when Vince was saying, when they were saying, oh, we can't save Vince McMahon or we're going to get fired. And Billy Gunn said, oh, well, I can't get fired. Ha, 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 ha. So Triple H said, well, he will buy that little piss at company and fire you just to prove a point. That's burying a uh, 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 Billy Gunn in, in the company. That's burying somebody. Yeah. When when CM Punk cut his pipe bomb promo, which everyone talks about, he was burying people without having a physical. Ma- you can bury somebody on the microphone. Yeah, the, I mean the reason possible. the reason why it's called buried is like when someone dies, you bury them because they're not coming back. So you get buried means you, there's no way of coming back from it. Right. So I explained to people and the best way that I could is that you have to su- suspend the belief as to what's going on. If a heel comes out, then I have to think they're the biggest, baddest heels, and there's absolutely no way that I know the outcome of what's going to happen when they have a match. Case in point, when Chris Jericho debuted, now, I use this as an example, and somebody immediately cut to, well, The Rock buried him then based off of your explanation. No. It was a back-and-forth exchange. The Rock is the bigger face, the bigger the bigger name. You can get the last word, but I'm not going to have a situation where I can't say anything. And that's the problem with what happened during that interaction. Yeah. In no. real in real life, I just want to make this point. Yeah. In real life, if there is a fight or an argument, someone's not going to sit there and let you say whatever they want to say. If I'm fighting you, I'm going to say F you. You're going to say F me. I'm going to push you. You're going to push me. You're going to swing. I'm going to swing. It's a fight. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit there. And she was standing there putting her hands up in her face like, ah, whatever, ah, whatever, whatever, while she was getting buried. Yeah. So I think the part that I'm the most disappointed in is that we're having a generation of wrestling fans that don't know when something is good or not. That wasn't good. Well, it wasn't even okay. Here's 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 my take on it, real quick. Mm-hmm. Let's take Back to the Future for an example, right? What? Would you be as emotionally invested in Back to the Future? if Marty had put Biff in his place the first moment he saw him or how it did play out where Biff built heat throughout the movie until George McFly fucking decked him. You know what I mean? If that were to happen right. at the very, in the first, like in the first act, would you have been as emotionally invested in the story or not? Probably not. Exactly. I mean, it's the same thing with wrestling. It's, it's just storytelling. Fuck the whole wrestling or movie. It's storytelling. Exactly. And and with the way the people reacted to you, definitely does say that these fucking people are very inexperienced in any kind of character development, any kind of storytelling. You bring up Act One, Act Two, Act Three. They probably don't even know what the fuck you're talking. They, act Three, oh, that's a popcorn brand to them. Yeah, and and and, and it, what it comes down to, and this is my other major argument with people that people didn't really have a counter argument for because it's fact. 
you can't really have a conversation about how great AEW is doing when they're not doing anything to expand their audience. Yeah. They have a core group of, of fans, and that core group of fans does whatever, um, well, I won't say does whatever they want them to do, <clears throat> excuse me, but this core group of fans are diehard AEW fans. They're going to buy their pay-per-views, buy their t-shirts, watch AEW Dark on, you know, YouTube, watch their, you know, Dynamite every single week. They're just diehard fans. They absolutely love the programming that AEW presents. The problem and the, the, the major underlying issue for me is that when you're creating a business, I don't want to just sell to the same people every single day. That's great in terms of sustaining a business. So if we want to sustain AEW and they want to be number two for the rest of their lives, that's fine. But they told us that they were going to be the leading company in the world. They always take a shot whenever they can at the WWE and talk about how much better they are, how much more talented they are, how bad it was there, and how they're going to use the talent correctly under the AEW banner. That's what they always tell us. If they always tell us this every single solitary week since this company has launched, then you should not be okay with just having hundreds of thousands of the same fans every single week. You want to expand. That's common sense. You You can't expand if you are placing yourself in a situation where you're only appealing to a certain fan base. AEW is very hit or miss. Mm -hmm. It's either you like it or you don't. ECW was not hit or miss because ECW understood there's a place and time for hardcore stuff, there's a place and time for regular matches, and there's a place and time for the extreme, like Taipei death mat or barbed wire mat. They knew that. And you weren't having a pay-per-view full of barbed wire matches every single week or every single month. Yeah, They knew that. AEW does not appeal to the masses because they don't have enough things on their programming that's going to appeal to a wide base of individuals. Well, and then they make the mistake of thinking that Shaq will be the guy to do it, to do the crossover. And I, 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 while I saw a small handful of people that were like, oh, this is kind of cool, Shaq's going to you know, show up. I, the majority, and I, when I say majority, I'm not talking about like, 5149. I'm talking more of like this was probably like a 90 to 10 ratio. 90 being in favor of what I'm about to say is there were so many people that were like I don't want to fucking see Shaq in AEW. Like you're going to do the crossover shit, like pick something somebody that people are going to want to see. Like nobody wants to see Shaq in a fucking wrestling ring. At what point is everyone going to wake up and realize that everything that they're doing is recycled? Yeah. The talent that you that you promised that you were going to push to the moon are not it is not talent that is doing great in AEW. Zack Ryder 
or Matt Cardona, uh, Miro, Sean Spears, FTR. All these guys are supposed to go there and just take off. And it hasn't happened. Brody Lee? And it ha- Brody Lee, yes. Yeah. The Dark Order. Matt Hardy. All these guys are supposed to get there and just take off to the next level. And just really be like the top you know, we're going to show you how to really book and build these guys. And, you know, the WWE built into a certain point, so now we're going to build off of that. It's not happening with anybody. You would think that that would be a direction that they could have went in. Like when AEW first started, Jericho started the inner circle and whatnot, right? Like when he said that he was going to start a group, I thought to myself, it would be so great if his group was only former WWE talent and they would, it would always be like the new blood versus the billionaires club from WCW. Remember that? Right. And the way that they can get heat is by saying that they've been to the top and the newer guys, the homegrown AEW guys get a grassroots little party going on to say, no, just because you've been there doesn't mean that you're at the top. You may have made more money, but we're going to make more uh, pops or some shit like that. You know what I mean? And by this point, it should have flopped over. When AEW started, obviously the former WB guys, Jericho and all of them, big name guys. At this point now, a year later, if they would have ran something like that, it should have been flipped over to where these homegrown guys that were stepping up and saying, look, you ain't there anymore. You're here. These guys right. should be on top. And the only person I could say credibly that probably is somewhat on top right now that's homegrown is uh, Darby Allen. That's his name, right? The one that beat Cody? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. He's got the TNT title. And I think like, that's the only legitimate star that they made, and it was by accident. Yeah. Because he 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 put on like these, it was kind of like a Mick Foley effect. Like he did these like horrendous looking bumps. Like the casket drop is just seeing that is just like oh god, you know it's just literally this is it's just horrible. Yeah, but the the best comparison I can make to that is in mm-hmm. two thousand four in WWE, mm-hmm. they said we're going to make Randy Orton our guy. And Orton went to SummerSlam and he got the title and he just fell a month later, right? But by accident in that process, by the time Royal Rumble come around, they had Batista. And Batista was one of the last guys in the last 20 years that had a legit natural progression where the fans got behind him. He turned face and became a mega star. Same yes. thing I think happened to AEW. They, when it comes to the homegrown guys, and I'm not talking about guys like Omega or page. I'm talking about like the more obscure homegrown guys. Right. I think that AEW was like, we're going to take orange Cassidy and he's going to be our guy. Mm-hmm. But what happened, like you said, by accident, 
Darby Allen fucking naturally became that guy. He's the Batista right. while Orange Cassidy's the Randy Orton. Would right. that, would that be a fair comparison? I would well, I would say that's a fair comparison to the people in the AEW universe. Yeah. Because I don't think that Orange Cassidy is even a Randy Orton. I think that he's a very good novelty act. I think Darby Allen has put on some incredible matches. I give him respect. Um, you know, we need more character development rather than him sitting up in the rafters like Sting, which may be a precursor to Sting coming to AEW while he's sitting up there like that. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, you know, we need more depth than just a guy that has half of his face but I mean, like, it, I'm not talking about, like, the, the superstardom of, like, this guy will be as big as Randy Orton. But, like, in terms of this is who we want as our guy, it didn't work out. But here's this other guy that fans got behind, and we didn't really expect it. Yeah, I agree. It. Yeah, I agree with that because I know Jericho Jericho has a very big ego. Yeah. So I know in his mind he was like, I'm going to give this rub to this kid, Orange Cassidy, and then he's going to take off. Yeah. And it, And it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Darby Allen was, like you said, an organic thing that just naturally happened. And I think that is the only star that they created. And unfortunately, it was on accident. So we have all of these guys that, you know, are supposedly, you know, top tier main eventers. And like John Moxley, for instance, I don't really like how they book John Moxley. You can't have this guy. This guy's going through the entire roster. Yeah, to he's coming up on a full year now too, right? He might have, yeah. To the point that he's facing Kenny Omega again. So it's like you did an entire lap through the roster, and now you're circling back to Kenny Omega. Oh, but McAvoy, the argument that it was an unsanctioned match, so it doesn't count. Uh. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, uh, un- yeah, which I, you know, I don't understand why the very first message you have with each other is unsanctioned. Right. Because if you just would have had a regular wrestling match and now you have an unsanctioned. Well, now I, I think the new stipulation perhaps will probably be, uh, we'll have Renee Young on a pole match or something like that between them. Yeah, know. they'll have a ladder match or something. I don't know, but the whole, the whole thing is that, uh, everybody that said something and I just basically told them it's very simple when it was over did you believe that um, Jade had any type of chance against Brandy Rhodes and no one answered that question and the reason they didn't answer it is because they knew in their mind that no she didn't have any chance against Brandy Rhodes because Brandy Rhodes is completely buried so that is my whole problem with the AEW crowd like I said at the beginning of the show is about improving and refining they have a lot of good talent but it needs to be improved and refined a lot of these guys ring gear is not correct the music is horrible the only theme song that people seem to gravitate towards is Jericho's they sing along with it I like the Lucha Bros uh, uh, theme song People sang along to Fandango's song too. It doesn't mean it was fucking great. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> but it doesn't. That's very true. Very true. But there's nothing that creates that pop when you hear it. Yeah. There's no. There's no Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, glass break 
or Triple H, any of his music. There's none of that. Yeah. They try the, to uh, do that with. Or what a rush, you know? Right. They try to do that with, um, you know, Cody Rose by giving him this big old elaborate entrance, but it's just not. <laughs> it's just not. It's not working. There's nothing there that's working in terms of presentation. We're no longer on the indies. So presentation matters. Lighting matters. Music matters. Yeah. You know, character development matters. Who are the young bucks? Why are you guys called the young bucks? Why are you dressed like that? Well, uh, we, we don't know that because we're not the hardcores. Right. What's a super kick party? Now, everyone knows the answers to this, and I do too, but if you're trying to get another demographic in, and you're trying to grow your fan base, and someone's turning to you for the first time, then what is it? That's the response that I have seen people say that are not truly wrestling fans, but they will watch WWE from time to time, and they will say, what is this? So that's so you have to be very diplomatic at how you look at your company and how you can fix the problems that you have. Because we're coming to the end of another year and there's nothing really to look forward to. And then the last point I like to make is Tony Khan. Yeah. Tony Khan. Shit, this is going to be a surprise shoot, isn't it? Tony Khan, every single week, always promises. This week, he promised that it was going to shake the foundation of the wrestling world. So immediately, everyone starts going to the big names. I went to CM Punk. Yep. Webmaster went to Brock Lesnar. Yep. We're thinking it's going to be something that's going to really change the game. In all actuality, nothing happened. It's funny because Wednesday night I was talking with DA, and that's when I saw the tweet from Tony Khan, and I told DA, I said, I don't know what it is. I got a gut feeling. I don't buy into shit. You know me. I'm, I'm a very hard sell on shit. You know that. Right. But for some reason, when I saw that tweet, I thought something's going to happen tonight. I don't know why. I, don't, I just it was one of those weird feelings, and that's when I was like, "All right, I'm calling it Brock Lesnar." Right, and you said it first, and I didn't. You know, I didn't think Brock because I think Brock is very loyal. I think he there's no he looks at the roster. There's nobody that's what <laughs> Luchasaurus. Uh, he'll take on Jake uh, Hager in an MMA match. War, yeah, Ward <laughs> Wardlow or whatever his name is, Jake Hager. Just imagine the bumps Darby Allen would take for Brock. Yeah, which would be, you know, that would be actually a good match if they the did F5 the correct storytelling. <laughs> yeah, like that would be a good match if they did the storytelling correctly. Absolutely. Yeah. Almost correctly. Absolutely. Backstory correct. Absolutely. But I didn't think Brock. So, you, can have a, you can have a chicken fight. You can have uh, Luchasaurus holding up Jungle Boy on his shoulders, and you can have um, Darby Allen on Brock Lesnar's shoulders, and they could do one of those chicken fights in the beach or in the pool or something. Yeah, that sounds like something they would do. But what I'm saying, <laughs> beach blast. <laughs> but, but what I'm but what I'm saying, in all seriousness, what I'm saying is that 
Um, if I can be serious for a moment, <laughs> Lance Stewart. Um, what I'm saying is that when the surprise came and went, which there wasn't any, everybody jumped on him. And he said, well, guys, Pac is back. What? Was that the official <laughs> surprise? <laughs> Pac is back? Okay. Then he goes, we have a lot of aces in our sleeve before the end of the year. I'm not going to let them all out now. I'm like, okay. So you bait and switched us. You say a lie to to try to drive to try to pop the ratings and then you cover with another one. They're having Kenny Omega versus uh John Moxley for the title on TV. Fantastic. Is that next week? Uh, I think it's in December. Mm. Um fantastic. That's great. I think that's great. Does that change the landscape of wrestling? Absolutely not. Does Pac change the landscape of wrestling? Absolutely not. Does Shaq change the landscape of wrestling? Absolutely not. You need to hold this guy accountable. Yeah. Just like you try to hold Vince accountable and everybody mm-hmm. sends him angry tweets about Twitch and, and YouTube and all that and how dare you, right? You need to hold this man accountable because every single week he's promising you something. And when he doesn't promise you something, or let me rephrase that, when he does promise you something and it so under-delivers, you can't just say, oh, okay. No, you got to have that same energy that you have for Vince. Because AEW is of the people, right? They yeah. put out a video game, right? Oh, God. I don't, you know, a, a video game using the um, creator of the AKI, I guess, No Mercy engine. Mm-hmm. They brought him out of retirement to oversee the development of the game. And everybody was saying, oh, well, I thought this was going to be more realistic. Well, don't just say that under your breath. Tell them, hey, guys, we don't want these guys looking like big cartoons. They were saying that these guys look like WWE all-stars Yeah, from or, the video game. Battlegrounds. Oh, okay. So then tell them that. Keep that same energy. Yeah. Tell them that. And it's not like they're not going to change that shit. Because remember when they introduced the first trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, there was such a backlash. They went and redid the entire modeling for the whole fucking movie for that guy. And because they redid that, then that became a hit and they're going to have a sequel. Exactly. Because they because they listened. So that's what I'm saying. Like, call out AEW on their stuff. And if you're a person that's critical of it, don't call me out on it because I have an opinion and I'm critical on it. You're not going to be able to compete on the marketplace with graphics like that. No, but I, not. I like that you brought up that people should help hold Tony Khan and all these other people accountable. Like they hold Vince accountable. Cause I had that same conversation this last week with DA and I was questioning and I was asking them so many rhetorical questions of like, you know, especially like with like the unions and like kind of bullshit, right? Not saying that unions are bullshit. I'm just saying that the rhetoric that people are using is bullshit. Just to, so nobody gets on my back about that shit. Um, when if the, if if WWE caves in and and like you know like the Andrew Yangs of the world and all that shit, they get their way, right? 
Right. And like these people are no longer independent contractors, but they're employees. Or if they are independent contractors and they can do their own shit, mm-hmm. it trickles down from the top. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of wrestling fans they have to swallow this pill. WWE is the top. Yes, it is the top. So if it happens there, it's going to happen everywhere else. My question to everybody out there is: Are you have do you have a qualm with Vince McMahon that you just publicly got to fucking like go after him, or are you legitimately like worried about the boys and girls that work in professional wrestling? Because if you get what you want with Vince and he caves in and he has to do this shit, then you need to go to the next step down which is going to be like the impacts and the AEWs and the ring of honors and the new Japans. If you just stop at Vince, then you're a fucking hypocrite. Right. I think that, and I agree. And that's a very hot political issue. In fact, that was an issue that was on the ballot out here in California. Um, proposition 22 proposition yep. 22 was, um, and it's just in California, so those out here know. So those who are not in California, just hippie to what happened. Um, Uber, DoorDash, uh, Lyft, um, any type of delivery service or car service, um, those individuals are independent contractors. In California, they passed a law called AB5. And AB5 is a very sickening law because it actually affected my employment and my mother's employment in our respective jobs because AB5 states that you cannot be an independent contractor. You have to have a, if you do get hired by somebody, then the person that you're hired by, I'm sorry, you may hear a, a helicopter pass by. Um, you may, you, 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 if you're hired by somebody, then they have to hire you as an employee. And they're saying they're doing this because you deserve overtime. You deserve health coverage. You deserve all of these things. Well, the whole actuality of the law and the reason why they brought it to pass is because a lot of these independent contractors were not filing their taxes. Mm. So because they weren't filing their taxes, that means that the state of California was missing out on hundreds of millions of dollars of taxes that would go right back to the state. So they disguise it as if they're trying to help you, but in actuality, they're trying to help themselves. So they had the Proposition 22 and they put it on the ballot. They spent a lot of money. They said they spent the most money during this election on this proposition than any other proposition or I want to say it was maybe second or third in terms of actual political races through Canada. But it was like in the top percentile of money spent to convince people to give an, ex- an exemption to those type of services. Well, Proposition 22 was passed and they were able to get an exemption where they're not going to be classified as uh, independent contractors, but they will be independent contractors. They'll just have a different name uh, to whatever group that they are. So because of that whole thing, they promised them health care. They promised them um, better benefits. They promised them a whole b- multitude of things the day after that was passed and into law. Now, what does this have to do to WWE, independent contractors, all of that? It has to do with them very simply this. 
it has to do with the fact that when it comes to these wrestlers, the talent who sign up as independent contractors, as an independent contractor, you now have more flexibility as to who you are and what you can do when it comes to signing with a, with a conglomerate like the WWE. If you were somebody that worked on Wall Street and you signed up with a firm called Williams & Williams, right? If you signed up with Williams & Williams as an employee, then everything is already set. There's no negotiating anything because this is our way of doing things. This is our employee handbook. This is our pay scale. This is our bonus structure. This is our um, way that we give you um, initiatives to seek you know, higher job opportunities within the company. Like all that's already set. But if you're an independent contractor in the WWE, you have more control over the finer, minute things. You can negotiate how much money you get from your t-shirt sales. You can negotiate how many matches that you, that you work. You can negotiate what your pay is on certain pay-per-views. Everything can be negotiated each block at a time. You can even negotiate extra money so you can have your own health care plan. You can do these things. No one's having this type of conversation because, as you said, people have a beef with Vince McMahon. And if someone told the other side of it and said, I want to do this because of XYZ, I like being an independent contractor because of I can do this, then I don't think a lot of people would have a problem with, you know, the situation that's going on right now in terms of contract structure. But as you said, Tony Khan needs that same energy. Now, supposedly, AEW has healthcare. Really? Supposedly. Yes. Um, from what I remember, Tony Khan said, I signed a lot of these guys up as executives because that is a way to get them healthcare. That's why there's so many executives. Well, there's a lot of talent there, and I don't know if that structure has changed, but I don't know if everyone there has healthcare options. I think there is a very big level of an independent contracting uh, clauses and contracts because these guys are able to work New Japan and these different promotions. Yeah. So. If Tony Khan was so for the guys and, you know, you guys love Tony Khan so much, then have him create the first wrestler's union. Have him create, you know, insurance initiative for the wrestlers and sign them on as, as actual employees. Have him do it. Don't expect Vince to do it. Don't Because it's been working for Vince for years. Talent likes it. You can negotiate finer, minute things in the contract as well as getting a cushion. If someone says I'm paying you a $5 million, I know that 200,000 of that's going to my health care, and I'm going to ask for that up front. But no one talks about it. No, not at all. Not at all. There was something I wanted to say. I just, I, it, it left my mind already. <laughs> I need to put a notepad in front of me and jot down notes. 
so I can remember these things. But I, it's something that was just I wanted to bring up about that. Mm-hmm. But it's escaping by now. Well, maybe it'll pop up next show. Maybe. We'll see. We will see. Um, anything else on the docket? <laughs> no, I think that's it. I, I kind of uh, went through all of my uh, problems that I have with AEW, got that off of my chest, and I think we're good. I mean, the whole thing is, you know, AEW, you know, has to get better, has to be better, um, has to refine what they have because the people that love they love you right now. Like, I think it's a quote from a movie. Um, people love you enough a long... What's the, I'm going to get this quote right. It's from a movie? People love... Yeah, people love the hero to the point that they become the villain. Oh, the Batman thing. Yeah, I just, I just paraphrase it. Yeah. But, yeah, so like, you know, that's, that's basically basically what it is everyone loves them now but you know when Jericho becomes champion again and when you see you know the Young Bucks versus you know FTR for the 15th time then you're gonna have that same energy couldn't have said it better myself man couldn't have said it better myself um before we head out Mac any shout outs any plugs any final wishes uh, actually Actually, no plugs this week. Um, we are working on myworkoutgym.com uh, to make it more family friendly. Well, not family. Family friendly. User. User friendly. Um, adding in a bunch of new products. It's a whole new look, whole new experience. So uh, that will be launched hopefully sometime next week. I got a question for you, man. What well, do you want for Christmas, buddy? I have no idea. You know what I want for Christmas? I want a cure for COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of McAvoy, I'm the webmaster Wade Needham. If you made it this far, I congratulate you. You, uh, you. you get an entry in the drawing next month when I give away a prize, if I remember. But, uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in to the Ring Scoops podcast this week. Until next time, thank you, good night, and be cool.